Welcome to the Grind It Podcast. You know, life can be such a grind at times, and so we're here sharing God's Word with you to encourage you to keep grinding and to not give up. It's time to grind. So here's the host of the Grind It Podcast, the old school skateboarder himself, Randall Tucker. Welcome to the Grind It Podcast. Today, we're going to start a book that I've never covered before. Uh, I've studied it in college, and I've read it several times, and it's one of my favorite books because it includes a lot of the Old Testament. But today, we're going to start breaking down the book of Hebrews. We have uh, covered the book of John in detail. We've covered the book of Acts in detail. That was a long study. And we just finished the book of Luke. So if you haven't had a chance to listen to any of those, by all means, if you have time to go back and listen to those podcasts um, from those books, because I'm just trying to um, just get people more acquainted with Jesus, to fall in love with Jesus and and to to serve Jesus and to be a part of his kingdom, to be a part of the church and, and just... To be quite honest, to, to, to get to go to heaven and to be with Jesus for eternity. I mean, who who does not want to be in heaven for eternity? I mean, why would anybody choose hell? But unfortunately, a lot of people do. But if I can encourage people in any way to follow Jesus, that's exactly what I'm going to do. And that's exactly what the author of Hebrews is trying to do because uh, this book is written to... People who are following Jesus, they they have come out of Judaism and they are following Jesus. And then persecution comes into their lives. And because of the persecution, they they just kind of clam up. They they get discouraged and they're thinking, man, this wasn't happening when when I was in Judaism. And I'm just going to go back into Judaism and I can still serve God. And so the Hebrew author writes this letter the book of Hebrews, to encourage these men and women to stay with Jesus, to to not grow weary, to not faint, to not give up, but to, to keep your eyes on Jesus, to keep your focus on Jesus because He is the only way to God. He is the only way to the Father. And if you turn away from Jesus, then you have no way to the Father. You have no way to make it into heaven. And so he encourages his author, uh, he encourages his readers to stay with Jesus, to to just grab on even though the road is rough and and life is difficult and persecution is coming your way or it has come your way because he he's going to tell them at one point in the letter. He said you you, ha- you haven't even shed blood yet. So the persecution that they are receiving is light uh, affliction. It's a, it's a light persecution if there is such a thing. But they are going back into Judaism and leaving Jesus. And so he wants to encourage them to uh, stay with Jesus. Now, when I was in Bible college, uh, like I said, I, I took the class on Hebrews. And, and I, I really don't remember anything that they taught. But I do remember this one thing that we had to write a 24-page paper. And the topic that I was assigned was, who is the author of the book of Hebrews? And so I spent weeks uh, and weeks 
uh, researching and, and, and gathering up all these books and these articles and, 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 and going back into all of this history and reading what people have, uh, uh, have said about the author of Hebrews and who they believe it is. And after I finished that 24-page paper, when I got to the conclusion of the paper, it was basically this. We don't have any idea who the author of Hebrews is. We know who the audience is, but we don't know who uh, the author is. A lot of people associate this letter with Paul, and I can see why, because it has a lot of Paul's ideas in the letter. But I, I don't believe that it was Paul, because I, I believe if it was Paul, he would have signed the letter, because that's what he does in the rest of his letters. So why would he not sign this particular letter? I personally believe that it's, it is uh, somebody who had, you know, because Paul traveled around for many, many years. We studied that in the book of Acts. And so I personally believe that it was one of Paul's acquaintances that uh, wrote this letter uh, to this audience. And it's been passed down to us today. But, uh, you know, the author is, is really not that important because what's important is the audience and the message and even here we are over 2000 years later and we are a part of the audience that he is writing to because we read the book of hebrews just as they would read the book of hebrews now granted we're in the united states and we're not really under persecution i mean there's something that will happen every now and then, but for the most part, Christians, we have we, we, we haven't made. We're, we're in a land uh, of the free, and we have the freedom of speech, and we can go out there and stand on the street corner and preach Jesus and not have to worry about anything. We can go into the grocery store or into the shopping centers and preach Jesus and really not have to worry about anything. But these people were constantly walk, uh, looking over their shoulder everywhere they were walking and everywhere they were going because if they carried the name of Jesus, if they talked about Jesus, they were persecuted. Um, and we'll talk more about that in, in, in just a, a little bit. Because of, because of this persecution, they're, they're giving up their faith and they're walking away from Jesus. They're, they're literally going back into Judaism. And, and he's going to give them a sound warning in Hebrews chapter 10. And he tells them, look you're leaving Jesus. You're going back into Judaism. You're going back into this legalistic ritual service of a religion and you're leaving Jesus. And if you if you remain in your sin, there remains no more sacrifice that's going to cover your sin because that's what the blood of Jesus does. It continually washes away our sins, our past sins, our present sins, and our future sins. But if we walk away from Jesus, we don't have that protection. We don't have the blood of Jesus Christ washing our sins away. And he says you don't want to be in that position because there remains no more sacrifice for your sins. And so he's going to he's going to write this letter to encourage them to stay the course, to stay with Jesus. Um but if you think about it, Going back and putting ourselves in in their shoes and 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 trying to follow Jesus and and these Jews who they've been in Judaism for hundreds, maybe 
thousands of years. It's been around for a long time. God started it with a covenant in Genesis chapter 17 of circumcision with Abraham. And, and then it and it just had gone on and on and on with the, the Hebrew people, and which are the Jewish the people, the Jewish race. And they continue it even today in 2000. In 22, they, they, they still follow uh, the Pentateuch, or the first five books of the, the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, uh, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Uh, and so they, they, they're they caught up in that religion that is full of uh, rituals. Um, and Jesus comes along and says, hey, you know, you've heard it said, but now I say to you, and, and, and now Jesus says, I am the way to the Father. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man can come to the Father but by me. And so it, it, it's, it's like trying to take somebody who has been taught something all of their life and, and all their ancestors, and, and then Jesus comes along and says, nope, this is the way to God. You have to go through me. Well, th- they would think that, because they did think that Jesus was a blasphemer. And they would not dare even mention the name of Jesus because they thought that they were speaking blasphemy. Therefore, that's why you see, you hear Paul say over and over again, you, or, or even Peter and others, when, when they tell uh, people about the gospel uh, message of death, burial, and the resurrection of Jesus, they say, hey, what do we got to do to be saved? You have to be baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of your sins. And that was hard for a Jew to do back then. And it's hard for a Jew to do, to do today because a lot of them don't believe that Jesus was the Messiah. They still reject Jesus as the Messiah. And they're still looking for the Messiah. But he's already come. He's already come. But I can understand how they would they would struggle uh, especially the Jews back then, because it was so new, and they were th- these these people, these Jews who were still in Judaism. I mean, they chased Paul around from city to city. We saw that all throughout the Book of Acts. They were stoning Stephen. They uh, they they were per- they were cutting heads off of the apostles. They're they're grabbing men and women and throwing them throwing them in prison, and they're being killed because they follow Jesus. And and so I can understand why. They were struggling. Uh, and I can understand why people struggle today. Because if you think about it, we can't see God. We're, we, we have never seen Jesus. And that's why Jesus told Thomas when he was uh, saying, unless I put my hands in in his hands and put my hands into his side where that, pierce, uh, that, that sword pierced his side, he said, I'm not believing. And Jesus pops up and says, Thomas, here's my hands. Here's my side. And Thomas runs up and he's touching Jesus. And Jesus tells Thomas, he says, You believe because you see me. But blessed are those who have never seen me and believe. That's us. And it's and and, and we have to have faith in order to believe. And that's what faith is all about. It's believing in something that we can't even see. And we're going to see here in just a little bit uh, that, that without faith, it is impossible to please God. God in Hebrews 11 verse 6. But they're running around, they're preaching this message that God has come in the flesh. The Jews have crucified the Messiah. And the message that is coming from Christians is that Jesus was resurrected and he ascended back up to the Father and he is sitting in a place of authority at the Father's right hand and his Holy Spirit has come down and he's living inside of us now. And so it, 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 it was a hard message for the people even back then to grasp and comprehend. But when they did, 
They were living for Jesus. Their sins are forgiven. Persecution is coming from those who choose not to believe the message. And they're like, whoa, I, I don't want to put my family through this. I don't, I don't want people coming after my kids and my wife and, and my husband. Therefore, I'll just go back to where it's safe into Judaism. And so they were leaving Jesus by the groves and going back into Judaism. And, and the Hebrew author says, no, no, no. You're messing up. You need to stay with Jesus because he is the only way that our sins can be forgiven. And so the, the, the audience and the message is what's important, not the author. And the message of the book of Hebrews is basically this, in a nutshell. And this is, I mean, simplifying it, watering it way, way down. But the message of the book of Hebrews is hold on. I mean, hold on. Just like I'm holding on to this this iced tea cup here, and I'm I got it gripped as tight as I can. That's what he's saying. He's saying, hold on to Jesus. Don't grow weary, and by all means, do not quit. Quitting is not an option. And in fact, that is the base uh, theme for the Grind It podcast. This podcast. Uh, it, it comes from Hebrews 12, 1 through 3, and we'll talk more about that in just a little bit. But Hebrews 12, 1 through 3 tells us to keep our eyes on Jesus. And that is, I mean, when, when storms come and you can't see the sunshine and lightning's going all around, it's dark outside and the thunder's booming and it's just chaotic and crazy in your life, know that the sun is still shining. I don't know if you've ever flown in a plane before. When I was 14 years old, me and my one of my best friends, when we uh, were skateboarders back then, and we wanted to go to the Houston Skate Park, and, and we and my sister lived in Victoria, Texas, and and there was a, a drainage ditch that we we were wanting to go skate, and uh, to get there we we flew, uh, we flew from Memphis to Nashville, and then uh, down to uh, Dallas, Texas. Then my sister come and picked us up and carried us to the Houston Skate Park. <laughs> but my point in telling you that is. When we were in that airplane, we were above the clouds. I think we were around 36,000 uh, 36, feet in the air. But we were above the storm clouds. And guess what? Even though the storm clouds were below us, the sun was shining. Now, people that were still on the ground, they're looking up at the storm clouds. They couldn't see the sun shining. They saw the storm. They felt the wind. They, they felt the rain. And they heard the, you know, they saw the lightning and they heard the thunder. But we were up there above the clouds where the sun was shining and it was beautiful. So the sun never stops shining. Even though we go through hard times in life, and they're, they're coming. Life is full of ebbs and flows is what they say. Hard times come, but just like the Bible say, they come to pass. They don't come to stay, they come to pass. And, and when hard times come and we're down in that valley and we, we, we can't see the sun, we feel like God is nowhere around, we feel like God doesn't care. Trust me, friend, he knows exactly what's going on in our lives. He's not caught by any means by surprise. He knows exactly what's going on, and he is with us even when we don't think that he is, even when we can't feel him, even when we can't hear his voice. He is there, and he cares what we're going through, I promise you. And that's one, that's, that's one of the promises in Hebrews. I will never leave you nor forsake you. So God is still with you. You may be facing something so hard today. Just It's just tearing your life apart. But please hear me. And hear the author of Hebrews. God cares. God loves you and God is with you. 
And he has sent Jesus to this earth, and he is our high priest. And we're going to see here in just a second from a verse that he's been through just about everything that we've been through. He's faced everything that you can imagine, even the death of a, on the cross. And he never once wavered. And because of that, that's what Hebrews 12, 1 through 3 says. Because he endured the cross, we are... We, he is the champion of our faith, and we are to keep our eyes on Jesus. And that is the message of Hebrews to, the, to, the, to, to his audience, and we're a part of that audience. The message is the same for us today. Those of us who are discouraged and going through hard times, whether it be persecution or, or something from outside or something inside of our family, whatever, keep your eyes on Jesus because he will see us through. He will see us through. So what I want to do just real quick is in this intro to the book of Hebrews, is I just want to share some, some key passages, some key verses that come out of uh, the book of Hebrews. It's just about five or six of them, and, and then uh, we'll, we'll, we'll tie it up. But in Hebrews 3, verse 6, it says, But Christ, as the Son, is in charge of God's entire house. And we are God's house if we keep our courage and remain confident in our hope in Christ. So when we look around at our world today, it's easy, very easy, to question who's in charge. Because it, it, it's full of chaos, it, it's chaotic, and, and, and uh, people are full of fear, and, and we're wondering what's going to happen next, what's going on. And, and, and to be honest, a lot of people are blaming God. Because they don't see God working in any of this. But God knows exactly what's going on in our world. He's not caught off by, on surprise, by surprise, on anything. He is still in control. God is sovereign and he is still in control. Yeah, but what about all the evil? Look at all the evil that's going on. Look at all these, sh these mass uh, shootings, these school shootings, and, and just all this terrible stuff. God is still on the throne, and Jesus is still sitting at his right hand. He's still sending down the Holy Spirit. He is still living inside of us as his people who are washing his blood, and he is still in control, even when it doesn't look like it. God is still in control. And, and the early Christians, they had similar questions as we do, even today. And the Hebrew author reminded them that who is in charge and that God, in particular, Jesus, is in charge. And he says, if we keep our courage in the midst of confusion and chaos and remain confident in Christ, then we are God's house. But Christ, as the Son of God, is in charge of God's entire house. And then he defines who that house is. And we, those who have been washed in the blood of Jesus Christ and are following Jesus, we are God's house if there's a condition. I didn't write it. He wrote it. If we keep our courage and remain confident in our hope in Christ. Another verse. Hebrews 4, 14 through 16. So then, since we have a great high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, so he defines who that high priest is, Jesus, 
the Son of God. He has entered heaven. Let us hold firmly. There it is again. Hold firmly to what we believe. Don't waver. Don't go back into Judaism. Don't be discouraged. Hold firmly to what we believe. Because Jesus is our high priest and he has entered heaven. So hold firmly to what we believe. This high priest of ours, Jesus, listen to this. He understands our weaknesses for he faced all of the same testings we do, yet he did not sin. Because if Jesus would have sinned one time, he could not have been the sacrifice, the once and for all sacrifice for our sin. He never sinned. He faced everything that we've gone through. And he never sinned one time. Mind-blowing, but that's the way it is. And so he says, Jesus, this high priest of ours, he's entered into heaven. He understands what we're going through because he's been there and done that. There, uh, so he says, uh, yet he did not sin. So let us come boldly, where? To the throne of our gracious God. Not, not, we don't have to be shy of God. Yes, God is holy. Yes, God is sovereign. But guess what? He's in that. The, there was a temple when when they had the tabernacle in the Old Testament, and then the temple was built. There was a veil, and that veil was still there when Jesus was walking around on the earth. But when Jesus died on the cross, I mean, the minute, the second he took his last breath, the God literally ripped that thick, huge veil in half from top to bottom, signifying that we now have direct access to the throne of God. There is nothing that separates us from God because of what Jesus has done on the cross and he shed his blood. And because of the blood that he shed, see, the priests in the Old Testament, we'll talk about more about this later on in the book of Hebrews, but the, 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 the priest would have to go in on the Day of Atonement and, and make all these different sacrifices, and then he would have to go in and make a, a sacrifice and then uh, risk his life going into that veil, into the Holy of Holies, into God's presence, and then he would have to sprinkle blood on the mercy seat and then come out and then put the sins on the scapegoat and take the, the goat out into the hillside and ban it from uh, the city. And so... Jesus, then, was our once and for all sacrifice. He is our atonement for our sins. And because of the blood of Jesus Christ washing away our sins, we have, this is so awesome, we have direct access to the throne of God. And we don't have to be shy about it. The Hebrew author says, let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. And guess what? This is, let me finish the verse. This is what he says. He says, there, where? At the throne of God that we just boldly come to, there, at the throne of God, we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. If, you, if you're going through something hard today, difficult, and life just is just hard, run to Jesus. That's what, that, that's what he's saying here. Run boldly. Not, I mean, just as fast as you can to the throne of God because it is at the throne of God where we will find mercy and we will find grace and he will help us. He will walk with us through whatever we're facing and it will come to pass. Another verse is Hebrews 6.12. We do not want you to become lazy, 
but to imitate those who through faith and patience inherit what has been promised. I've been a lot. I've been through a lot in in my 49 years of life. A lot. Things that I would rather not have to go through, but they have taught me a lot. I've learned a lot of lessons by dealing with these storms and these difficult times in the past. When things happen to us in life, and especially when they come unexpected, they beat us up, they beat us down, we get discouraged, and what what people have a tendency to do is to draw back, to to clam up, if you will, to isolate ourselves, and and, and that's not good. It's not good for anybody. And and with that comes complacency, or or as the Hebrew author says, laziness. And our focus no longer is on Jesus, but on our situation and what's going on all around us. And we 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 just clam up and stay isolated and we become complacent. And so the Hebrew author, he's encouraging his readers to not become lazy, not to be not to isolate, not to become complacent, but to keep on imitating the people of faith. And and why would he say that? Why why would he say to keep on imitating the people of faith? It is all about the focus. Because if we if we continue to imitate the people of faith, then our focus is on Jesus and not on our situation that is going on around us. And, and, and if our focus is on Jesus, it goes back to what we just said about being before the throne of God. It's where we find grace and mercy and help in the time of need. Then you have Hebrews 11. Boy, that's going to be a doozy of a chapter. We'll spend quite a bit of time on that chapter when we get there. But Hebrews chapter 11 is uh, what we call the heroes of faith. Uh, It talks about men and women who literally were looking forward um, to the Messiah by faith. They didn't get to see it. They didn't get to see the promise fulfilled when they were alive, but eventually they did. But... You know, we're looking back, and, and, and we have the Word of God. And, and so it, we're, we're in the kind of a similar boat than they are, but they were looking forward to something. We're looking back at something. We're looking back at the cross. And so we have more than what they have. We really have it better than they have. We have Jesus. We have all this history. We have all this proof that goes back to to prove that Jesus was walking on the face of the earth, that he did die on the cross, that he was resurrected because there is no body. It's because he's sitting at the right hand of the Father. And then he has passed his word down to us to tell us all about how to live that is pleasing to God and how that we can be saved. And that's to believe on the name of the Lord Jesus, the death, burial, and the resurrection, to be baptized for the remission of our sins but it takes faith it takes faith and we'll talk more about what faith is when we get to hebrews 11 but hebrews 11 verse 6 says without faith is it is impossible to please god because anyone who comes to him anybody that comes to god must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him and there's a lot of people today 
who claim to be Christians, who claim to follow Jesus, but are they earnestly seeking Him? Because that's what faith is all about. Earnestly seeking Jesus. And then we have another passage in Hebrews 10, 23. It says, let us hold tightly. And there it is, that, that idea again of grasping the hold of something and, and holding on to it as, as, just as tight as you can. He says, let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope that we affirm for God can be trusted to keep his promise. You ever had something happen in your life and you lose trust in, in somebody? And what, when, once that trust is broken, it, it's so hard to gain it back. And I don't even know if we ever even really even gain it back 100%. We don't believe anything they say. We question their motives and we question everything that they're doing. And it's called wavering. We, we waver. Because we've lost trust. And when we look around and we see all this bad stuff going on in our world, like I was just mentioning a while ago, it's easy for people not to trust God. Well, if God loved me, then He wouldn't let this happen to me. If God was really in control, then why are we seeing all this evil going on in the world? I mean, it, it, And that's questions that we have to be able to answer because that's the questions that people have in the world who don't trust God. Who don't love God. They hate God. They can't stand God because of all this stuff that's going on in the world. And so they don't trust God. And unfortunately, even Christians, like the Hebrew audience, they lose their trust in God because of what's going on in their lives. And once you lose trust in somebody, even God, it's hard to get it back. That's why you see a lot of people drop out of church. They, they'll miss a week. The next thing you know, they've missed two or three weeks. The next thing you know, they've missed a month, six months, a year. And, and, and they just don't show up anymore. Why? Because they don't trust God. And it's easy to stay away when you don't trust God. And so the audience of the book of Hebrews, they were losing, they were literally losing their trust in God and, and they were wavering just like people do today. And if you think about people today, we're putting our trust in somebody that we can't even see. But then again, that's what faith is all about. Another passage is Hebrews 12, 1 through 3. I'm telling you, it's going to be a, it's going to be a good study. I can, just, I can just feel it. I can tell it. It's going to be awesome. Hebrews 12, 1 through 3. And this, this is the passage that is the basis of the Grounded Podcast. It says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates our and per perfects our faith. Because of the, This is what blows my mind right here. Because of the joy awaiting him. What? The joy awaiting him. He endured the cross, disregarding its shame. What is he talking about? Why would Jesus count it or consider it joy to die on the cross? Because when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, as Luke says, he's in so much agony, he's sweating blood. So why would the Hebrew author say, because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame? 
It's because he knew that he had to be the atonement for our sin. He knew that he had to be our Passover lamb. And to do that, he had to face the cross. And to do that, he had to go through that horrible beating and, 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 and that ag- agonizing death to, to hang up there on that cross for six hours, struggling to breathe until he took his last breath because he knew that once that was over, what, would it, what was to come was so... I mean, words can't even describe how awesome it is for what Jesus has been through. It's over. They put him in the tomb. Joseph, Arimathea, Nicodemus. He's in that tomb for three days. And on the third day, he's resurrected. And the angels are having the conversation with the women. Mary's thinking Jesus is the gardener. He calls her by name. Oh, she realizes it's him. He's alive. Hey, you go tell the, my brothers and the rest of the people that I'm alive. And then he, all of a sudden he starts popping up on the scene and where they're at. And, and, and like on the like at the end of Luke there in chapter 24, and, and they're walking to the road of Emmaus, and Jesus pops up and has a conversation with them. But it, they didn't even know it was Jesus until he broke bread when they were uh, about to eat a meal, and he blessed it. And they're like, oh, Jesus. And, and he, he just disappeared. The joy that Jesus was looking toward was ascending back to the Father and being reunited with the Father, making intercession for you and me. That He was able to shed His blood so that our sins could be forgiven and that we could be reconciled to God and that God's wrath would be appeased. It would be settled down. God would no longer be angry with us because of our sin. He, he's no longer angry with us because He looks at us if we've given our life to Jesus and we've made Him our Lord and Savior. We're washed in His blood and that's the filter that God uses to look at us. And He's no longer angry or mad at us. We're, we don't have to expect His wrath. We expect His mercy and His grace and that's why we can boldly come before His throne because of the blood of Jesus. So we do this. We're surrounded by this great crowd of witnesses and, and, and we're stripping off the weight that slows us down and the sin that easily trips us up. And we're running this race with endurance that God has set before us. And, and, and the way we run this race, even when bad things come our way, is because we keep our eyes on Jesus, who is the author and the, and, and the finisher of our faith. He's the champion, right? He, and because of this joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding his shame and and the Hebrew author says, Now he is seated at the place of honor beside God's throne. Think of all the hostility he endured from sinful people. Then, if you think about what Jesus has gone through on the cross, that's God's own son. If you think about all that, you won't become weary and give up. That is the basis of this podcast, the Grind It podcast, to encourage people to keep their eyes on Jesus and not grow weary and to not give up. Even when life sucks. Even when life is hard. Even when you're just going through your darkest hour. Please know that God has not forsaken you. Jesus even promises in the book of Hebrews, I will never leave you nor forsake you. He will not abandon you. Look, we just had Father's Day last Sunday. My dad committed suicide when I was three years old. He was 36 years old. He abandoned his family. I know what it's like to be abandoned. I know what it's like to, to have to deal with all those feelings. And, it's, and it, for a long time, it was hard for me to look at God as my father. 
Because my father committed suicide. My stepdad was abusive. And, and so I know what it's like to, to, to have that feeling of abandonment. But, but Jesus says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And we have to put our faith in that. And that's what the Hebrew author is telling these people. Don't grow weary and lose hope. Keep your eyes on Jesus. And one last verse. And we're going to end this podcast. Hebrews 12, 28. Since we are receiving a kingdom that is unshakable, let us be thankful and please God by worshiping Him with holy fear and with awe. If we are washed in the blood of Christ and our sins are forgiven, we are a part of God's kingdom. The kingdom has already been established. Jesus gave Peter the keys. Peter unlocked the door to the kingdom in Acts chapter 2 when the Holy Spirit fell and he preached that first sermon on the day of Pentecost. And, and people said, "What, men and brethren, what do we got to do to be saved? And Peter says, repent and be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And you'll be filled with the Holy Spirit and His promises unto you and your children, all that are far off. We are those that are far off. If we have given our lives to Jesus Christ, we are a part of God's kingdom. And this kingdom is unshakable because it is built on the Petra, the immovable stone. It's not built on Peter. It's built on Jesus. It's built on the message that Peter proclaimed, that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. That is the Petra. Jesus told Peter that he, I forget the Greek word now, but the Greek word meant it's a fragment of the rock. It's it's not the immovable stone. The immovable stone is the Petra. It is Jesus Christ. He is Messiah. He is the immovable stone. He is the cornerstone that this house is built on. And we are a part of this kingdom if we've been washed in the blood of Jesus Christ. And this kingdom is unshakable. Why would anybody not want to be a part of that? Why would anybody refuse Jesus or reject Jesus? It just blows my mind, but people do it every day. And since this kingdom is unshakable, because it is built on the Petra, because it is built on the immovable stone, Jesus Christ, therefore, he says, we should always, on a daily basis, be thankful for what Jesus has done for us, because when we are counting our blessings... The focus is on Jesus and what he has done for us. And we, when we are worshiping God, it doesn't have to be on a Sunday morning. You can be worshiping God any time of the day. When we are worshiping God, our focus is it's up. If we're looking up and we're focusing on God. And if our, if our focus continues to be on him, then what is going on around us, no matter what it is, it will not discourage us. And unfortunately, for the audience of the book of Hebrews, they had been discouraged because of persecution and these things that are going on in their life. They have taken their eyes off of Jesus. And they're like, man, look look at this. I'm going back into Judaism because it's safer. And I don't have to worry about dying. I don't have to worry about getting beaten. I don't have to worry about my family being safe. And they're walking away from Jesus. 
And, and people are still doing the same thing today. Why would anybody, anybody walk away from the only one that can save their soul? How can anybody taste the goodness of God and, and, and put Christ on in baptism and be washed in His blood and be filled with the Holy Spirit and walk away from that? Tell Jesus, I know you died on the cross for my sins. I know you suffered a horrific death, but I, I don't care anymore. I'm not walking with you anymore. I choose the world instead of you. And if we make that choice, it, 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 it's a dangerous, dangerous place to be in. And that's what the Hebrew author is going to tell the people in Hebrews chapter 10. He says, there remains no more sacrifice for your sins. And so, that is a preview of what is to come in the book of Hebrews. And the message that at the beginning of Hebrews, and you're going to see it right off the bat, how he is trying to help these people keep their eyes on Jesus and to stay faithful. He says, Jesus is better. And one of the first things he's going to cover in chapter 1 is Jesus is better than the angels. And we'll talk about that when we pick it up. In the, next pod, in the next podcast. Are you a part of this unshakable kingdom? Have you been washed in the blood of Jesus Christ? Have you been baptized for the remission of your sins? If you have not made that decision to follow Jesus, to make Him your Lord and Savior, please, by all means, contact me at thegrinditpodcast at gmail.com and let's talk. I, I will Wherever you're at in the world, I will help you find somebody that will lead you to Christ. If you have questions about the book of Hebrews or any question about the Bible, about God, anything that I can help you with, again, please contact me at thegrinditpodcast at gmail.com and I will answer the best of my abilities. I will answer your questions according to God's word. I want to encourage you to love Jesus, to keep on loving Jesus, and to keep your eyes on Jesus. And do not give up. Do not quit. Keep grinding. God bless you. Thank you for listening to the Grinded Podcast today. May God bless you. If you have any comments or questions, you can email them to us at thegrinditpodcast at gmail.com. If you would like Randy to come and speak at your church or your next event, you can contact him through that same email address. Also, I would like to thank Jody Foster's Army, also known as JFA, for their song, Abba, as we use for our intro and our outro off their untitled 1984 album. May God bless you, and remember, keep your eyes on Jesus and keep grinding.